Sendraja, you know, if you should never mistake people when they give you importance, uh, you know, that they're giving you the importance. Maybe the importance is to the chair that you're sitting on. So don't get carried away with that chair. It is here today, tomorrow it's gone. And when you retire, nobody is going to call you because you are an ex so and so. They will call you because you are a good person who has been good to them and you had a, had a good interaction. We're with them. joined today by Raja, Raja Manar, who is the global chief marketing officer at MasterCard. He's also the author of Quantum Marketing and is recognized as one of the top five marketers in the world. Wow. Thank you for joining us, Raja. Thank you very much for having me on your show, Chris. Absolutely. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be here. Well, today, what we want to talk about is the concept of career opportunities, because this is something you've really done a phenomenal job of. We'd love to hear about how you create and take advantage of these opportunities, because the story of how you got into marketing is such a great example of how you do this. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into marketing? Yeah, I know it was pretty fascinating for me. I did my chemical engineering uh, under in my undergrad with specialization in environmental engineering. So it was all about pollution and uh, water treatment plants and things like that. That's what I thought uh, I'll actually pursue in my career. Even in my MBA, I was pursuing environmental management, which was more about the policy side of it. So between the first and second years of my MBA, I had to do a summer internship. And it was with a color cosmetics company in India called Lacme. And I was doing a project on logistics because I'm the quantitative guy from chemical engineering. So I was sitting and doing my stuff in a cubicle and next to me in an adjacent cubicle was my supervisor. And he was a marketing person and he was having a chat with the advertising agency people. And they were trying to struggle, or they were struggling rather, trying to figure out a solution as to how they would make it socially acceptable for a woman in the relatively conservative parts of India to feel comfortable wearing color cosmetics because the popular perception then was if you are a woman and you are using color cosmetics, you are trying to draw attention to yourself, which means probably you're not of the best character. No, th that was the kind of uh, imagery that was there. Now I have my sister who used to, uh, you know, actually like wearing those color cosmetics and all that. And uh, so I said, you know, why are these guys struggling? They should really get to the heart of the matter. So I quickly took a piece of paper and I wrote, is it bad to look good? And then I cut some you know, pictures and then I did my own uh, advertisement, what I thought was an ad. And then I walked to the next cubicle and showed it to those guys. And I said, tell me about what do you think about this? And they liked it quite a lot. And it so happened accidentally that Mrs. Simone Tata, who was the chairman of the company, was there in the office that day. She saw this and uh, she loved it. And it went on to become an advertising campaign. And it went on to win awards as well. Now, when that kind of uh, early success happened to me in the world of advertising and marketing, I said, maybe that's what I should be actually doing in my career. So I, in the second year of MBA, I literally switched my entire specialization towards marketing. And now 37 years later, I'm still in marketing and I, I think I made the right choice. Now that's remarkable because you were extremely decisive. You acted quickly, you did something that took initiative. And then when you met with success, you actually completely reoriented your life. So I guess the question I'd ask is, how did you know what made you feel like this was an important opportunity? How did you know this is the one you should jump on? See, I think a couple of things. Number one is uh, you know, the work that I did uh, in those few minutes 
I was impressed myself. I said, no, oh, this, this looks good. So one is about feeling confident about what I have done. The second is the external acknowledgement. And it was like, you know, whether it was from my supervisor, from the chairman of that company, or even from the uh, industry where they recognized it as the best campaign. So that was very, very reassuring to me that I know my stuff. And I thought intuitively I had a sense for this field, though I did not study much about marketing beyond the core courses in the curriculum that I had to do that every MBA student had to do. So that gave me a lot of boost collectively. I said, look, if I were to really do uh, deeper, go deeper into the space, maybe I'll do a lot better. And uh, that's exactly what my hypothesis was. And also I think there was a level of confidence at that time, which said that, okay, what's the worst that will happen? I won't succeed in that field. Okay, I'll find, I'll go back to my environmental engineering and environmental management. So that's how I think I approached it. Uh, And now, of course, I'm trying to post-rationalize and say how my thinking would have been at that time. For me, it was all spontaneous and I just moved with the flow then. Got it. Well, certainly the success of your career reflects the fact that that was the right decision. I mean, of course, uh, I don't know, maybe you went to chemical environmental engineering, you'd win a Nobel Prize, but it'd be tough to beat being CMO of MasterCard. I feel privileged. I know. And it's, you're right. You know, inheriting a brand like MasterCard to be the steward of is not a small thing. And it's also a world-class marketing team that it, that I have got. And I feel very privileged to work with this team and the kind of work that is being done. It's intensely gratifying and no regrets whatsoever at all. And honestly, as I said, it's a privilege. Now, as a fellow author, I'm very interested in your book, Quantum Marketing. In the book, you talk about how we're arriving at a new age of marketing, a fifth paradigm where all these new digital technologies, especially AI, mm-hmm. are going to affect how we touch customers and consumers. Mm-hmm. And now, instead of a CMO being the kind of person who would appear on that television show, Mad Men, and know how to drink a, a, a martini and make an old fashioned and look good in a suit, it's really all about understanding the technologies. And I think it's interesting because, you know, obviously things have changed a lot over the course of your career. Now it seems like the quantitative background you had as a chemical engineering student really helped prepare you for marketing. So what do you think people should be doing to prepare themselves for quantum marketing? What should the college student of today be studying? Should it be engineering? Uh, Should it be marketing? How are they going to prepare themselves? See, whether you like it or not, the future is going to be technology-driven and it's going to be intensely data-driven and quantitative in its nature. Uh, Because the companies, whether it is the CEO or the CFO, when they're looking at their investment decisions, they're looking to see what the returns are. So as a marketer, you need to understand clearly what you're putting your money in, what you're getting out of your marketing actions, how is it helping in a measurable way the outcomes for the business. Now, if you don't do that, you become irrelevant. Number two, technology is so critical. And I keep saying that when we are entering this fifth paradigm, it's not one or two technologies that used to previously disrupt the field of marketing, but there are 24 technologies that are coming at us like a tsunami at one go, whether it is AI, wearables, uh, internet of things, and metaverse, and uh, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, blockchains, the whole, it's like 24 different technologies which are coming. And if you don't understand these technologies, at least to a certain level, you're sort of flying blind. Uh, So you have to educate yourself. So both these, the quantitative aspects as well as technology 
are the left-brained uh, competences. But on the other hand, when technology advances so much, the same technology is, is available at an affordable in an affordable fashion to everyone in the industry. So if you have to distinguish yourself, your company, your brand, and your services, and et cetera, you have to be creative. So you are now focusing on the right side of the brain. You need to understand behavioral economics, psychology, sociology, anthropology, design, aesthetics. So this is going to be a second component. So you have to literally be like a Leonardo da Vinci. If you had the magic wand that you, that's what you would say. You are both strong in the right brain as well as the right brain, as well as the left brain competencies. Uh, and it's easier said than done, but within the gifts that you have got, you need to really start adding uh, uh, your knowledge in these areas. You might not become an expert and it's impossible to become an expert at every single thing, but you need to have a, a level of appreciation that you're able to ask the right questions. And when the answers are given to you, you have a comprehension of what those answers are, whether it is fluff or whether it is substantive that you need to know. So I think this is something which is going to be very uh, critical for marketers of the future. And, uh, and I will say marketers of the immediate future. And to do this, there is no substitute to learning. And I would say for students of today, invest time in learning. Uh, and and you know, the fortunate thing is today, knowledge is so accessible and most of it is free. You've got these you know, various courses which are there. You've got TED Talks, you've got Coursera, all kinds of programs which are out there that you can access free. And also, if you are to pay a little bit of money, that also could happen. And there are a lot of people in the industry and subject matter experts who are more than willing to teach and mentor people, uh, students who are really sincere and curious to learn. So I would say the number one thing that people have to realize if they want to get into marketing is knowledge. Empower yourself through knowledge. Invest in learning. You know, I could not agree more. One of the things that I often talk about is how we all need to be infinite learners at this point, people who are going to continually learn new things because there's so much new technology, so many new techniques coming out. But that also means we have to unlearn the old, right? We have to be willing to let go of things, even if they're things that helped make us successful in the past. That's so true. So true. In fact, uh, you know, this is one of the things I, uh, you know, is the basic premise of my entire book about the marketing is that the current way of doing things, the principles, the concepts, the strategic frameworks, the tactics of marketing are all obsolete. And many of them, if not most of them, are failing today. Whether it is the purchase funnel, whether it is loyalty programs, the way we do advertising. I keep uh, very provocatively saying that loyalty is dead. Advertising is dead. Marketing the way we, as we know it, is dead. We need to reinvent and reimagine marketing. And that requires you to let go of what you know and learn because those things are not relevant today. And you have to reimagine, reinvent, and relearn things or learn things for the first time in new areas that are going to really drive marketing into the future. Now, let's return to the idea of somebody early in their career who is looking to break into a new field, looking to take advantage of opportunities. You had this incredible opportunity, but it strikes me that you must have done various things to prepare for that opportunity. It wasn't just that you happened to be in the right place at the right time one particular day and you got lucky. There were reasons why your colleagues were willing to listen to you, were willing to take a look. There was a reason why the chairperson was willing to say, hey, you know, this is something very interesting. So what are the kinds of things that you had done to set yourself up 
to be able to capitalize on this opportunity? How had you already built your reputation? How had you developed relationships that would allow you to actually take advantage of this opportunity? See, uh, I, I think there are multiple things, right? First and foremost, every individual has to look at himself or herself as a brand. And just like if you have a product, a shampoo or a toothpaste, whatever you're marketing, you really analyze the brand of that particular product to death. You define the product characteristics that will make it successful in the marketplace, et cetera. Now you need to market yourself. Market yourself based on good content, which means you have to be intrinsically good. You have to really have qualities or you should have content that is of value to your organization or to the industry at large. And then you have to be able to then position that right content. In fact, I keep telling my folks many times saying that, look, it's not just sufficient that you're damn good at what you do. You need to promote yourself. You need to advertise for yourself because you're a product, you're a brand. And don't be shy about it. Do it authentically. Don't try to fake. Don't try to make up things. But the good things that you're doing and the good qualities you have, your superiors need to know, your colleagues need to know, the industry needs to know. It is a diligent effort, number one. Number two, I found that networking is extremely critical, right? Both from a point of uh, you know, building connections to learn from, building connections that will give opportunities for you. So when you are having a great interaction with someone, they will remember you. And tomorrow, if they come across a good opportunity in their organization or somebody they know of, they say, hey, I met this guy or this girl. And so they can actually reach out to you. It happened to me multiple times in my career. So that's number two. Uh, networking, I think, is very critical. Third, I think is, oh, no, I love, by the way, that term you used as infinite learning. I'm going to use it with due credit to you. <laughs> but the reality is it's fantastic in terms of the opportunity we have to learn. And I have been a lifelong learner. I have always been trying to learn something or the other constantly. It stood me in very good stead. So that's one thing which are also strongly advocate people. And the last thing I would say is don't try too hard. You know, have fun with life, enjoy, have a balanced life. Uh, and at the end of the day, you should realize that a career is just an input to having a good quality of life in total. It cannot be a substitute for everything else because one of those things which we used to do as uh, in our earlier days particularly is you know, pull all-nighters and then say, hey, feel so good. I have done so much. You know, it's not hard work and uh, not working very hard for the sake of it. It's a question of understanding the purpose. Why am I doing it? What am I actually aiming to come out with in terms of the output? And how is it going to help the business? How is it going to help the campaign? How is it going to help me uh, in my career or in my life or whatever it is? So it's a balanced life is very, very critical. Uh, and uh, uh, the one last point, if I may also say, is that use resources gratefully, whether it is your team members or your colleagues or your mentors or your agencies, everyone has something to offer to you. So with gratitude or gratefulness, uh, you know, uh, go uh, and uh, ask for help. They will. Don't pull hierarchy. And many of the times I see that uh, brand managers and marketers that terrorize their agencies and treat them like dirt, which is such a sad thing because the agencies make you look good, inspire them, be with them, treat them as an extended part of your own team. It makes such a massive difference. And uh, so it's a big good to everyone and uh, they will be in turn good to you. And I think uh, life will go on pretty nicely for everyone. 
You know, I could not agree more with so much of the advice that you've given, I especially think that the point about treating the agencies and the other resources well is so critical. I think people think to themselves, hey, you know, I'm the one who's paying the money. They got to do what I want to do. But on the other hand, the fact is things can change. And the person who is the junior account person at your agency today may be your CMO in 10 to 15 years. And I bet they have a long memory. <laughs> I know, I know. And also at the end of the day, uh, I think it is our basic fundamental uh, character, right? Which is in terms of how do you treat people, treat others like you want to be treated yourself. And that we should not forget. And I come from a society which believes in the theory of karma, which is what you do to others will come back to you with interest. So better be good, people will be good to you. Yeah, the other thing I just wanted to comment on briefly is the importance of leading that kind of balanced life. I think that, you know, you're the kind of guy who is philosophical and reflective. And what you would tell me, I think, is that, yes, of course, you have accomplished incredible things in your career, but you don't derive your identity, your self-worth from your professional accomplishments. If you weren't the CMO of MasterCard, then you would still be Raja. You would still be a happy and fulfilled person. I would absolutely say so. Yep. Uh, you know, the key thing is uh, you work and your professional part of your life uh, when it is successful, you should obviously feel grateful for it. You're working hard for it, which is good. But that cannot be be all and all. Uh, and in, in fact, I remember uh, one of the legendary CEOs uh, that I had actually uh, had the fortune of being mentored by. Uh, he once has mentioned, saying that Raja, you know, if you should never mistake people when they give you importance. Uh, you know, that they're giving you the importance. Maybe the importance is to the chair that you're sitting on. So don't get carried away with that chair. It is here today, tomorrow it's gone. And when you retire, nobody is going to call you because you are an ex so-and-so. They will call you because you're a good person who has been good to them and you had a, had a good interaction with them. And that's so true. That's absolutely true. That is fantastic advice. Uh, so two final questions. I know your time is short. The first is, now that you're a leader, one of the things I've heard you do is that you give the people on your team opportunities outside their comfort zone. Talk a little bit about why that is so important and how do you do that in a way that's effective? Yeah, so a couple of things I would say. Firstly, marketing is one of those functions which is at the intersection of so many other areas. You are the you are the connector, you are pulling everything together, whether it is from the world of technology, from finance, uh, from sales, you, you are at the center of that ecosystem. The more you understand about those surrounding functions and areas, the more competent you get to be in your own role as a marketer. So I always tell people, don't spend your entire life only in marketing. Now, in my case, I spent half of my career outside of marketing. I spent time in sales. I was there managing mergers and acquisitions. I was in business development. I was actually managing a full business end-to-end -end, uh, as the CEO, for example, of Diners Club or as the head of credit cards for North America for Citibank or whatever. These are you know, well-rounded roles in themselves. And when you go to those roles, you understand, firstly, what their expectations are and why their expectations are, what they are from marketing. And you also understand better the connectivity between how marketing and those areas 
can actually connect extremely well and in a positive way. So from my perspective, I always find a marketer who has experience in other functions is a much more holistic and much more, uh, what I would say, a general manager kind of an individual uh, in terms of connecting the dots and bringing marketing to life. They are most effective as I see it. And so what I tell my team is don't think that you're joining marketing, you'll be in marketing forever move, move it to other parts of the company. And we actively, I actively encourage them. And many people have taken advantage of that opportunity and then they get these exposures and then they come back into marketing at some point down the line and we'll have a rock star talent, even more than what that individual was when he or she left marketing. I think that's so important, building out that well-rounded set of skills, being able to draw on those different experiences just makes people so much more effective. Now, in thinking about your career, you've now reached the peak. You are at the pinnacle of your profession. But at the same time, something tells me that you're still out there looking for opportunities outside your comfort zone. You're not just content to do the same thing over and over again. So how do you find ways to get out of your comfort zone now? How is that different from what you did earlier in your career? Yeah, see, I, I think philosophically it is still the same thing, right? There, uh, there is a saying which says, Art is long, life is short. So there is so much that is there to be done that there is to be learned and stuff like that. So though it is like, for example, almost 10 years since I have been with MasterCard, I still feel like there is as much to do here into the future as was there when I joined the company 10 years back. So this is one part of it. So yeah, right here. The other thing is, I think at this point in time, we are going through some significant uh, cultural changes that are also happening around the world. And you as a marketer has got the creativity, you have got the resources, you have got the understanding of people and how things work. So how do you leverage all those resources and your network and your understanding and all these good things to really bring about change in a positive way? Uh, whether it is to raise awareness around environment, and then do something about it and come up with campaigns or programs that will really move the needle or how do you cure cancer? It can be anything. Whatever improves people's life and planet, I think is something which you can still do. And that's something which I derive great joy out of. And that's one part of it. The other part of it is in terms of the next generation. Now, this is the craft, which is marketing, which gave me my bread and butter over all these decades, right? And so I feel like I have to do something back for the craft, whether it is mentoring youngsters or it is teaching at schools which i go and do teaching at the various management schools i teach or to write more books which actually will you know i'm doing a brain dump in other words and everything that i know i'm trying to put it on and so other people can benefit for, from my thinking whether they agree with it or not at least they get a different perspective from someone who has seen different experiences than potentially they have seen so that that's one kind of a thing and also i feel that uh, you know, this is the time when uh, the technologies are coming so brilliantly that the golden era of marketing is actually ahead of us. Each one of these technologies can lift marketing to a different level. And I want to really see those connections happen. And I want to see that moment, movement happen. And the last thing I would say is when I talk about data, data can be incredibly empowering. But I will feel that somebody is actually spying on me if they are not doing it the right way. So having data is good, but having responsibility is more important, whether it is for privacy perspective, data protection perspective, and so on and so forth. Like for example, I received an email 
from one of the hospitals I visited three or four years back saying that, uh, no, we are sorry to inform you that your data has been compromised. And uh, uh, not to worry, we are giving you $9 per month for one year to look at your uh, you know, credit uh, monitoring service uh, or subscription. I said, that's irresponsible. Firstly, do you guys think, why did you need all this information from me? And number two, if you don't know how to protect my data, why do you even, do you have really business gathering my data? So I think data, responsible data, privacy first, these are not just politically correct statements, but as marketers, we have to embrace and we have to live by those. Uh, and, and I think those are the kind of things which really get me excited in terms of to define the future of marketing and uh, to give back to the community as in the marketing community more specifically. Uh, and I'm passionate about it. So there's a lot to do and a lot to look forward to. Fantastic. Well, Raja, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share some thoughts with the audience. Any final thoughts before we leave? So the only one thing I would say is, you know, always I mentioned this. I found uh, that for a marketing person to be more productive and more creative, probably this is for any business person. Uh, I think meditation is something which is fantastic. I'm a strong proponent. It's the best productivity tool. It's the best health management tool, uh, you know, which I think people should really try and practice on a daily basis. And I found it incredibly, incredibly valuable. And uh, I have been doing it, you know, for how many years ago, uh, every day I do it. So this is one thing I would really advise, uh, you know, people in the business side, don't get stressed out and things will come into a good balance when you start meditating. And uh, it's not iffy or fluffy. It is actually real and it makes a difference. Absolutely. I am a practicing meditator. I also believe in the power of naps. And I think that we have to remember we are corporate athletes, business athletes. And you don't tell Michael Jordan or any of these other famous athletes, you know what? Why don't you sleep deprive yourself? Why don't you <laughs> not eat well, right? That's when you're going to have your peak performance. No, of course, you've got to take care of your actual physiology as well. So I love that advice. Thank you. In fact, I think that, that makes us two offers. So, which is delightful. And, and again, Chris, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a real privilege and an honor. And, uh, uh, you know, I heard a ton about your book, but I'm going to pick it up and then start reading over this weekend. Fantastic. Well, everyone, my guest today has been the fantastic Chief Marketing Officer of MasterCard, Raja Raja Manar. I have really enjoyed this conversation, Raja, and I hope that we can have you on again. Thank you so much, Chris. I really look forward to it. Thank you very much. Stay safe and talk to you again soon.